Welcome back, folks, to the Schaefer's Market Mashup. Thank you so much to everyone that tuned in to last week's episode. My first ever interview got me feeling like a big-time journalist over here. Chris Pribel offered up some great insight into his recently mega-successful G-Scaler call trade, 431% return, if I recall. Um, The strategies he talked about with me aren't really time sensitive, uh, so feel free to check that out anytime. You get a great insight into the mind of a pretty savvy options trader. The big news today is Schaefer's 39th anniversary. Woo! On this day in 1981, founder Bernie Schaefer released his first options advisor newsletter. The rest, folks, as they say, is history. I have a terrible singing voice, and I would go viral in all of the wrong ways if I tried to sing Happy Birthday, so I don't. we're not even going to go there. But I do want to give a sincere thank you to our customers, listeners, anyone who has given us the time of the day these last 39 years. We're committed to bringing you the best in options trading services, and we have no plans to stop doing so. But it's through your loyalty that we can continue to do that. It means the world to us. Head over to our social media sites, direct message us, DM us, and we can send you a Starbucks gift card on us. Another way we're celebrating is presenting our 39th anniversary stock picks for free. Email info at shafersresearch.com and we'll send them over. I took a look at some of these and they are some very interesting trades and angles, top-notch stuff you don't want to miss. Anyway... I regret to inform you, it's just me today, but we got a lot of catching up to do, so let's jump right into it. The Dow and S&P 500 both locked up weekly wins last week, uh, but the tech-heavy NASDAQ took a breather from its breakneck pace, uh, but that breather has not lasted long. Uh, It nabbed two straight intraday record highs on Monday and Tuesday. It's a bit embarrassing, but we haven't really covered, or I haven't really covered, Wall Street's quote-unquote fear gauge, the CBOE volatility index, ticker VIX, much yet. That changes today. Um, The VIX just wrapped up its fifth straight weekly loss on Friday and is cruising towards its sixth straight as of this recording. On Monday, the VIX closed at 2452 its lowest close since February 20th, right when that COVID-19 mess was starting to hit the mainstream here. But what does the VIX tell us? That's a topic worthy of an entire episode on its own, but a tweet-length definition would be uh, a tracked measure compiled by the Chicago Board Options Exchange, CBOE, uh, meant to reflect investors' expectations for short-term 30-day volatility in the stock market. Brief technical breakdown, the VIX accomplishes this by measuring the implied volatilities of a weighted range of S&P 500 index options using puts and calls at a variety of different strike prices. When the implied volatility on SPX options rises, 
the VIX will also move higher. So then conversely, a falling SPX implied volatility translates into a lower VIX. You cannot trade VIX, but there are futures and options available. So going forward, I'll keep an eye on the VIX for these weekly episodes, and you can expect a couple of deeper dives into the topic with a reputable guest or two. Another week, another weekly dose, pun intended, of vaccine news. Every week there's some new development, and honestly the jury's out whether these are just PR stunts by companies to keep pundits talking about their brand. But it doesn't matter. Um, as long as coronavirus is the new normal, people's ears will perk up when you mention the word vaccine. It's just a very news-heavy topic right now. So 3M last week announced a partnership with the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, better known as MIT, to develop a rapid antigen test for COVID-19. However, there hasn't been much going on in the options pits in response to the news, probably because it's not really related to a vaccine, but it was still a noteworthy development in the COVID-19 sphere. In terms of vaccine, Moderna, ticker mRNA, their vaccine produced a quote-unquote robust immune response in its early stage human trial as reported on Friday. Puts were trading in the past week at two times the average intraday amount with the July 90 the most popular. That contract expired on Friday, and with Moderna trading at $81.22 at last check, those put traders probably scored a nice little profit. Then there's British drug maker AstraZeneca, ticker AZN. They announced their potential COVID-19 vaccine in production with the University of Oxford, generated a robust immune response in all participants of an early-stage clinical trial. The researcher also noted the company is on track to deliver over a million vaccine doses by September, and that this could be a quote-unquote remarkable underestimate, depending on how late-stage trials are completed. Options were trading at three times the average intraday amount in the last five days, with over 770,000 calls changing hands. Uh, the weekly July 24th 70 strike call has been the most popular, but it's worth noting that AZN was last seen trading at $56.64 on Thursday, so possibly some sell to open activity. Uh, it's unclear according to Trade Alert, but that large distance of strike between price is noteworthy. Just yesterday, Pfizer, ticker PFE, and BioNTech ticker BNTX, uh, announced a collaboration with the Department of Health and Human Services for 100 million doses of their jointly developed COVID-19 vaccine, should the treatment, of course, work safely and effectively. Uh, this is once again part of the government's quote-unquote Operation Warp Speed, using Dr. Evil quotes there, uh, to quickly develop a treatment to combat the coronavirus. Uh, in response, Pfizer, last seen trading around $37.62, and it looks like the August 37th call has been pretty popular in the past five days. So buyers of these calls are expecting Pfizer to continue its gains in the next month when the contracts expire. Stepping away from vaccine news, people forget it's earnings season. It 
almost seems like this latest batch of reports has kind of been swept under the rug with everything that's been going on. Uh, so many things in the world are impacted by COVID-19. Uh, a lot of these reports feel like you're waiting to get back the grade of a test that you know you bombed. Whew, how many times have I had that feeling where the teacher's walking around handing out papers and you're sitting there thinking, oh no, this is just going to be the worst. I'm in so much trouble. And then they slide that paper to yours with the face down, knowing you have a bad grade. That's what it feels like a lot of these corporate reports are like. In actuality, many of the reports have been pretty good, um, partly because estimates have baked in the COVID-19 effect. A few notable winners include Morgan Stanley, which last week reported second quarter profits that blew the doors off of Wall Street expectations resulting in a 2.5% post-earnings pop last Thursday. That's interesting because it seemed like everyone was bracing for disaster with bank stocks, uh, especially the way they set aside mon money to cover expected loan losses. But with these lowered expectations, plus fee incomes from increased retail trading activity, you know, the, there was some hope that the, that the corporate reports would be pretty strong. And in this case, ticker MS did deliver. Um, but it is worth knowing that during a recession, bank stocks are usually the last thing investors target. In the options pits, you have August 60 calls as the most popular in the last five days for Morgan Stanley, volume running at almost double the average intraday amount. MS was last seen trading at $50.97, so buyers of those 60 calls are eyeing a big one-month turnaround for the bank stock. And for some contextual purposes, Morgan Stanley hasn't traded north of 60 since 2007. It will be interesting to watch that in the next month. Netflix, ticker NFLX, suffered a 6.5% post-earnings drop on Friday. Subscriber growth, strong. But what did the FANG name in were second quarter earnings and revenue that fell far below estimates as well as a weaker-than-expected third-quarter guidance. Overall, it was a $19 billion loss in market value. Sheesh. Uh, on the call, Netflix said its growth was slowing partly as COVID-19 restrictions eased, plus a ton of competition from all the streaming devices. Think about it. You have NBC now putting one out. Disney's is up and running. There are so many streaming devices. While Netflix was the first and arguably the best, all this competition was eventually going to catch up to the stock. As far as options were concerned, uh, the July series was home to the seven most popular options contracts in the last week, which meant traders were targeting post-earnings movement from Netflix since, they, since those contracts expired on the 17th last Friday. The strikes were all over the place. We're talking 600 and 500 strike calls, 490 and 480 strike puts. Netflix was last seen trading at $488, so it definitely appears some sort of spread or hedging activity was going on, which is, in a way, another advantage to trading options, the ability to customize your trade with time limits and less exposure than an actual equity trade. And then, of course... Tesla, 
ticker TSLA. It wouldn't be a stock market podcast without mentioning Tesla these days. Second quarter revenue beat estimates, uh, despite highly publicized production hurdles. At last check, Tesla was up 4.5% to trade at $1,664, up almost, no, now up over 300% in 2020. We called out in last Sunday's chart of the week, it was tremendously unloved by analysts. But so far, after today's report, that is starting to shift. There have been six bull notes today. Uh, and some of these <laughs> include price target hikes at comical heights. For example, Oppenheimer upped its price target to 2209 from 968 Canaccord Genuity went from 650 to 1623 it appears it's just a wild scramble to catch up to this behemoth. Today, calls are trading at two times the average intraday amount, but it's always a leader in most actively traded options. That's been established. So for some context, in the first hour of trading today, 153,000 options have changed hands. Uh, the weekly July 24th, which expires this Friday, uh, 1,500 strike put is the most popular, but there are also new positions being opened at the 1,700 strike call from the same series. Whatever your stance is with Tesla or Elon Musk, you love him, you hate him. It seems like there's all sorts of reactions to Tesla and him. One thing's for sure, Tesla is going nowhere. Okay, folks, that is a wrap for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to head over to shafersresearch.com, subscribe to our free newsletters that we have going on throughout the day. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, even LinkedIn. If you want any specific topics covered, any special guests you'd like to hear from, please let me know. Email me at pmartin at surinc.com. I would love to set something up. Thanks again and have a great weekend. Thank <laughs> you.